Welcome back to the podcast. Today it's Alex. The team and I are taking a bit of a break over the holidays, but we wanted to give you something. So I thought we'd give you a quick bonus episode about imposter syndrome, which is actually a listener request. I'll be giving you a few thoughts about imposter syndrome, what it is, what might be causing it in different people, and maybe some strategies that someone could use to overcome it if this was something they were experiencing. Imposter syndrome is important to talk about because it's very common. It's particularly common in people who are high achieving. They used to think that imposter syndrome was more common in women, but recent research actually seems to indicate that it spread pretty evenly across both genders. What is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome is a pervasive feeling in a particular setting, be it work, academic, or something along those lines, that any success that you've achieved is illegitimate, or that it's been gotten through some kind of fraud or deception. Indeed, that you're an imposter, and that at some point you're going to be found out, and people are going to realize that you haven't achieved your success by competency or by merit, but rather through some illegitimate means. Imposter syndrome, as I said before, is pretty common. It's probably important first off to distinguish imposter syndrome from merely being an apprenticeship phase. By which I mean, if you're starting something new, a new job, a new course, something along those lines, it's very common to just feel like you don't have the competencies which are appropriate to that role. Because indeed you don't, you're just in an apprenticeship phase. So what I'm talking about with imposter syndrome is not being in an apprenticeship phase, but it's being in a role for a long time where objectively you, you have achieved the competencies which are required. And yet you have this pervasive feeling that it's not deserved. You might feel guilty about it. You might feel like a fraud. How can we understand imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome is an outcome, and like many outcomes in psychology and psychiatry, the path to get there is likely to be different for different people. So if this is something you struggle with, it's worth thinking about different factors that might be at play for you. And I'll talk a little bit about what those factors are, and then I might go through some questions that it might be helpful to ask yourself if this is something you're experiencing, and then I'll discuss some strategies that might be helpful to deal with imposter syndrome if this is something you're experiencing. So at one level, imposter syndrome is feeling like you don't deserve the success that you've achieved in a, in a particular role. And at this level, maybe this feeling is contained to one specific situation, like your job, for instance. And if that's the case, then it's less likely that this problem pertains to deeper levels of your psychology. And it's more likely that this problem will be easier to address because it's just contained to one specific situation. If, however, you find this feeling follows you around in all sorts of situations, that you have this feeling of inadequacy and lack of self-worth that might follow you in your studies, in your job, in your relationship with your family, your friendships, and all other spheres of your life, then it might be a deeper issue around self-worth. And the deeper the issue is, the more likely it is that it might pertain to difficulties in early life, with the early life environment, 
and the more likely it is that you may require some kind of intervention that works at a deeper level of your psychology. Regardless of the depth of the problem, imposter syndrome can arise due to a number of different factors. So you might, for example, not feel consciously or unconsciously that success, that being competent, that being legitimately successful is actually attainable. You might not feel that you deserve it. You might have standards for success for yourself, which are unrealistic standards, which you wouldn't hold anyone else to. You might not even be aware what your standards for success are. They might be entirely implicit or unconscious. And whether they're implicit or explicit, they might not have been set by you. In fact, I would say very few people have actually consciously decided what their criteria for success are, but more commonly, people allow their criteria for success, again, whether explicit or implicit, to be decided by other people, people in their present, like mentors or bosses, or people in their past, like teachers, parents, or other caregivers. It may be that you don't judge yourself by the same standards that you judge other people, and actually you hold yourself to much higher standards. Imposter syndrome is commonly associated with perfectionism. We did a whole bonus episode of perfectionism, which you guys can check out in more detail. And in that episode, we discussed how perfectionism is actually a defense against uncertainty and against failure. People with imposter syndrome might be perfectionistic and they might have a very low tolerance for failure, which causes them to set unrealistically high standards for themselves. But again, as you try and achieve those standards as you try and reach those high expectations, failure becomes inevitable. And if you have this really low tolerance for failure, then you're bound to see yourself as an imposter or as a fraud. You may not allow yourself to make mistakes. You may not allow yourself to have self-doubt. And when you see people really confidently making assertions around you, and you're much more familiar with your own internal feelings of self-doubt, it, you might compare yourself to them and think, because you have doubt, that's a sign that you're not competent. Although usually having a healthy sense of self-doubt is normally taken as a sign of wisdom rather than, than as a sign of incompetence. So that being the case, there are these pertinent questions that it might be worth asking yourself if indeed you are having experiences consistent with imposter syndrome. And you could ask yourself questions like, is success for me attainable? Is it even possible? Do I feel like I deserve success? Are my standards for success realistic? Are my standards for success explicit conscious or are they implicit unconscious? And if they are explicit, are they said by, by me? Did I decide what my standards for success are? Or were they said by someone else in my present or in my past, by a mentor, by a teacher, by a caregiver, by a parent? Do I judge myself by the same standards that I judge other people? If, for example, someone fails a test or does a bad job on a particular task at work, would I judge them with the same level of harshness that I'm likely to judge myself? Or would I be more understanding of the context in which that situation happened? 
do I allow myself to make mistakes? Is Do I allow myself a margin of error? Am I allowed to have self-doubt? Or do I feel like I need to have the right answer immediately? And if I don't, that's a sign of my incompetence. And the last question you might want to ask yourself is these, these feelings of being an imposter, although they are very unpleasant, how are they serving you in some way? How are they keeping you in your comfort zone? How are they stopping you from taking risks that you might want to take, but which you find very scary? How are they protecting you and keep you more in a defensive shell? These questions might reveal that you have this striving for perfection, as I indicated earlier. Another way to think about this is we often internalize what are known as tyrannical shoulds from others in our early life. I should do this, I should do that. And if they're not examined, those shoulds, which can be extremely unreasonable, like I should get a 10 out of 10 at every task I do. I should do every task twice as quickly as my neighbor. I should not have any self-doubt. These shoulds, if they're not examined, they can really run our lives and encourage this perfectionistic cycle. So what are some strategies you can use to try and deal with imposter syndrome? It's generally really helpful to take a third person perspective towards yourself and try to, as I've mentioned in other podcasts, develop a relationship with yourself and to treat that relationship with yourself as importantly as you treat your relationship with other people. Once you cultivate a relationship with yourself, you can decide what kind of relationship that you want to have. And ideally, you want to have a relationship that has a mixture of challenge, where you challenge yourself, push yourself to do things which you know you want to do, but which are hard, but also compassionate, where you nurture yourself, you forgive yourself, you set yourself goals which are realistic. Cultivating self-compassion is something which would be very important for people with imposter syndrome, because it's quite likely that if you are experiencing imposter syndrome that you might have a lack of self-compassion. You can cultivate self-compassion in many ways. Psychotherapy is one way, but there are also exercises and meditations which you can do to accomplish this. I'll put a link to an exercise in the show notes, which is specifically geared to help people develop self-compassion. It's generally a good idea to find safe people in your life, friends, family, your partner, perhaps a therapist, perhaps people at work, people who you admire and respect, but again, that you feel safe opening up to, and talk to them about the things you're experiencing. I think that imposter syndrome is one of those psychological phenomena that is made worse by isolation and also encourages isolation, quite similar to depression. When people spend a lot of time alone, they often become depressed, and being depressed causes them to spend more time alone. And I think imposter syndrome is similar in that the more isolated you are and the more you keep your feelings to yourself and your insecurities to yourself, the more likely it is that you might develop imposter syndrome. If you feel like you're an imposter and you feel that your success is fraudulently gained, then you're much less likely to open up to people at your workplace or in your life about the insecurities that you're experiencing. But opening up to people can be really helpful to dispel those insecurities. Connection is often a very potent 
antidote to neurotic processes. It would also be important to make your value system and therefore your criteria for success really more explicit and to learn to judge yourself by your own standards and values rather than the values of others. And this might mean, if you haven't done so already, that you might need to embark on a lengthy process of discovering what your value system is. We're not really encouraged in society to think about what our values are, but in general, we're told to imbibe the values of other people wholesale. But having your own value system is like having a compass or a point of orientation which you can rely on. And the more you can judge yourself by your own values and set those values realistically, the less likely it is that you'd be experiencing something like imposter syndrome. It's also important to be aware that when you're gripped by a powerful emotion and imposter syndrome can be a powerful emotional force that is going to filter the information that you receive and focus on. One of the most important things that anyone can understand about psychology is that information is always being filtered by our minds according to the emotional state that we're in. Therefore, if we're angry, we tend to see things that support that anger. If we're sad, we tend to see things that support that sadness. If we feel like an imposter, the more we feel like an imposter, the more likely it is that we're going to focus, hyper-focus on information that confirms that hypothesis. For example, you might hyper-focus on your failures or you might block out your successes. You might totally filter out the nine times you got an A on the test and totally overemphasize the one occasion where you fail the test, whatever the reasons for that may be. So it's worth keeping in mind that whatever emotional state you're in is going to affect to what extent you focus on different information in your environment. As I said earlier, if you have a deep pervasive sense of inadequacy and low self-worth that follows you from situation to situation in lots of different areas of your life, it might be worth considering deeper work such as work that you can do in psychotherapy around earlier life and possibly around trauma that you might have experienced. The more a particular issue filters into different aspects of your life, the more likely it is that it's happening at a deeper level of your psychology and therefore requires a more in-depth intervention to try and fix. So I hope that was useful. I know we've touched on a lot of subjects which really deserve their own much longer podcasts like discovering your own values, trauma, self-compassion. But I just wanted to provide a brief overview of imposter syndrome and different ways that you could think about it. From me and the rest of the team, happy holidays. We're looking forward to bringing you a lot of new exciting content in the new year. As always, you can email us at podcast at multilearning.com if you have any questions. You can follow us on social media, the links are in the show notes. Thanks very much for listening and we hope to see you back here soon.